Without question, we have a reason to sing. We really have a reason to sing. I was thinking about reasons to sing, I was thinking about songs, and I was thinking that behind every great song stands a great story. That the great songs have great stories that accompany them. And I was thinking, I was thinking about Silent Night, and this week I, I, was, I was looking at that great Christmas carol, uh, something that maybe all of us in this room at one time or another have sung, and I was thinking about uh, that particular song, and, and I found this story about this country singer that, that oftentimes sang this song and the result it had when he would sing it. Some of you know the, the name Travis Tritt. This country singer, a big-time artist. And evidently there was a time uh, when he wasn't as big as he is now, didn't have the big tour bus, and, and he would sing wherever he had the opportunity. He would sing in the roughest of places. And he said sometimes, like when people had had a little too much to drink, they would begin to like fight with each other, and, uh, and there would be a, 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 you know, a conflict that would, would come to a head, and people would actually begin to like uh, gra- grab the, the, the pool cues, and, and, and you know, like things would escalate in a hurry. And he said, every time that that would happen, when I was in that environment, uh, what I would do is I would just, wherever I was uh, in, the, in the set, I would just begin to sing Silent Night. And he goes, inevitably, it would just calm the entire situation down. He said, it could be in the middle of July, and I could be up there just sweating bullets, and I would start singing Silent Night, and he said, all of these grown adults who were so angry, some of them would actually begin to tear up at Silent Night, and I would just stand there and sing Christmas carols. Sometimes behind every great song stands a great story. And then I began to think, if our lives were a song, what story would they tell? I mean, if we could assign our lives a song, what would the story be behind it? I mean, would our story be something like, looking for love in all the wrong places? I mean, would it be something like that? Would it be like, uh, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe it's a relationship and, and, and I was looking for love, but it didn't turn out well. Or, or maybe my attention has been, uh, 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 you know, my attention has gone somewhere that it shouldn't have gone in regards to the things that I own, Right? And the things that I know now own me, like uh, my car owns me and my house owns me, and I've I've just been looking for love in all the wrong places. If If your life was a song, would the story behind it be something like, that's my story and I'm sticking to it? Would that be it? I mean, would it be like this? Would, would it be like this collection of ethical wrongs, and you're just constantly trying to like lie your way and deceive your way through life, so that that nobody actually knows who you really are? That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Maybe, maybe that. If if your life was a song and there was a story behind it. Would it be like the gambler 
right? You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Thank you, Kenny. And your, your life is just so calculated. Maybe you've gambled off some things in your life that you shouldn't have gambled off. And you've been calculated about everything, not taking a risk about anything, only being sure of what you're being sure about. Uh, and, and, and your faith has not grown because you're maybe not willing to step out in ways that God has asked you to. Maybe that's your story. Maybe your story is a little more hardcore, like living on the edge. Living on the edge. Uh, maybe maybe uh, you, you, there's a, a deception uh, to your life. Maybe you're the true black sheep, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you've lived your life in rebellion. And you've said, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what anybody else does. And, and maybe as you look back this morning on your own story, you go, man, that's where I'm at. I'm, I've been living on the edge. Maybe your story's been tragic. And your story, the song that you're singing in your life, the story behind it says, that you have tears from heaven. And you've endured one seemingly tragic circumstance after another, after another, after another. And you just simply throw up your hands to God and go, God, when is this all going to end? When, when do I have to stop doing this and stop mourning and the situation gets better? When does it stop? Maybe that's your story. This morning, what, no matter what your song is, no matter uh, what, what story lies behind the song that is your life, I, I want you to know that, that God can take the jumbled up notes. Uh, that he can take the, the broken chords on the song sheet. And He can make great music. He can make a masterpiece out of something that, that looks broken and crushed. And He can take the story and He can create a song. Today, I want to take you to the very first Christmas carol. I want to take you to the song that, that, that first arose before Christmas became Christmas. And it wasn't written by any pop artist. It was written by a teenage girl. Many have said over the centuries that this song has so much power that, it, that it's like sniffing the powder in dynamite. Some have said, missionaries overseas have, have often said, don't read, uh, don't read this song to the masses because it might actually incite Chaos. Many of you may know this song as the Magnificat. Mary's song, when it was translated into Latin, the very first line in Latin for Magnificat, magnify. And Mary, 
a teenager, pregnant at the Lord's hand, shows us who God is, shows us God's mercy, shows us God's grace, shows us that God is willing to work with and hold and handle those who are lowly and poor, that He can take the stories that we have and create great music that God can give us a reason to sing. And she shows us not only God's mercy, but how often God is working in unusual ways. Shows us that, that oftentimes that, that God is the one who, who brings about this crazy, this, this crazy, unlikely reversal of fortune. So this morning, I want you to join me in Luke chapter 1. If you have a Bible, join me in Luke chapter 1. If you're uh, using a pew Bible, it's page 715. Luke chapter 1, Mary has been visited by an angel. We're not told exactly where she is. Maybe she's had a dream. Maybe she's been uh, meditating in prayer by herself. Maybe she's in a room. Uh, we don't exactly know, but we know that she receives this visit from an angel, and the angel pulls out an envelope from underneath of his wings and gives her this special message from the Lord, right? And it says, Hey, I, I, I've got the envelope, please. Let me read it to you. And, and of course, she, she is, uh, she's afraid. Like, what's going to happen to me now? And, the, and, and, and uh, the angel says, hey, don't be afraid, Mary. Everything's good. And I've got some good news for you. You're going to be pregnant. Um, uh, wait a minute. He goes on to give her the resume of the one she is going to birth. Hey, He's going to be the mighty God. He's going to be the Son of the Most High. He's going to be a Savior. And she just wants to know, well, how, how's, that, how's that work exactly? And in response, she goes, she goes away. She sees Elizabeth who's already pregnant. She's there with, with John. John the Baptist who is going to precede Jesus. He's going to tell the message of Jesus before Jesus shows up. And Mary sings this song. Look, look with me in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but He's sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, even as He said to our fathers. And He sings this song of God and His mercy and His grace. 
and His reversal of fortune for those who are humble. God is changing your story by His mercy. God is changing your story by His mercy. Uh, Look at verse 50 in this song that Mary sings. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. Now Mary's not talking about the kind of fear when someone comes out behind a door and says, Ah! That's not the kind of fear she's talking about. She's talking about the kind of fear uh, that we have of awe and reverence. The kind of fear that says, I'm going to get on my face before God because He's God. Because He's the Creator of the universe. Because He holds the world in His hand. Because He has power upon power. That kind of fear. It's the kind of fear that we, we see from Mary as the angel comes and she bows. It's the kind of fear that we see from Mary when she says, I am the Lord's slave. God is my Savior. It's that kind of fear. She says that kind of fear can be had by all. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. That was last generation and this generation and the next generation. And we all have an opportunity to come and to handle ourselves like Mary as a representative before us to say, I will fear the Lord in that way. Did you catch there at the end who God has mercy to? Not only does He seem to have uh, uh, this mercy for Mary, but, but notice who He has mercy to at the end of this song. He said in verse 54, He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. Now let's take Israel and Abraham for a minute. Let's start with Abraham. Some of you know that God came and He made this special covenant, this relational covenant with with Abraham. And He he made him a deal. And He said, hey, Abraham, if you keep up your end of the deal, I will make sure that you become a great nation. I promise that this will happen to you. And Abraham's like, hey, that sounds great. And Abraham waits and he waits and he waits and he's, he's waiting for God to, 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 to make him into a great nation. I mean, if you go back into the, the archives there, go back into Genesis, uh, we recognize that God had told Abraham uh, that, he would, uh, have a, that he would have a family, that he would have a nation that is as numerous as the stars in the sky. And there was Abraham and his wife and they were barren and there was no kids. And so Abraham's kind of like... God, I'm still here. And Abraham takes Abraham takes matters into his own hands. In other words, Abraham uh, is unfaithful to God. He tries to make things happen on their own. He says, "Well, I'll just I'll just begin to to make sure that I have an heir." And God says, you've messed it up. Twice, when Abraham becomes afraid, he takes his his bride who who is going to have the child that's going to lead the nation. Twice, Abraham says of his wife that it's his sister because he's afraid that some people might kill him. 
and he's unfaithful. And yet in this story, in this song that that Mary sings about Abraham, she says of God's power that he is merciful even to Abraham. What about Israel? I mean, Israel, uh, this nation that comes from Abraham, what about them? Well, if you read the if you read through the Old Testament, you read through the prophets, it's it's one cycle after another after another of unfaithfulness from all of Israel, and they're constantly getting things wrong and constantly doing the wrong thing and constantly messing up. Uh, they've been unfaithful. Uh, God calls them adulterers and idolaters. And yet God brings their direction His mercy. And it brings hope that God might even be able to change my song. That with all of my baggage and all of my unfaithfulness and all of the choices that I've made, that God could even change my song. That He could change the story behind my song. That He could take this young teenage kid from Colorado with a broken family and bring him to a college in northeast Nebraska and make him a preacher. That the mercy of God can extend even to me. You see, God in His power is changing your story through His mercy. And God brings about His mercy, God brings about His mercy by by being on the leading edge, by being on the leading edge of bringing about unexpected reversal of fortune. Uh, Do you notice the reversal of fortune throughout this passage? Notice verse 51. Uh, He says, He, talking about God, has performed mighty deeds with His arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Simon and I, Simon is my three-year-old son. And sometimes we'll get in our living room area and he'll back up real far and I'll be sitting on the ground and he'll say, I'm coming, Dad. And he'll run really fast, and then he'll run just as hard as he can, smack into me. And being the good dad that I am, I'll wrestle with him for a while, you know, and I'll start to go back. Oh, you're going to get me. And we laugh and we play. But eventually, one of those times when he comes back, he runs toward me and I grab him up and ah. It may seem like the world has the upper hand. Like the power isn't with God. Like those who are rich and powerful get the victory. It may seem like that you have a boss that's unethical that seems to be getting ahead. Uh, It may seem like evil uh, happens to be winning. Uh, But God's going, look. 
They might be, they might be running toward me, but eventually I'm going to wrap them up and I'm going to pin them down and they're going to know who God is. That His mercy is going to come through a tremendous reversal of fortune and He's going to lift up the humble and He's going to lift up those who are unexalted and He's going to lift up the poor and He's going to say, these are my folks. And when we're talking about lifting someone up, it's this picture of people who are at a banquet table and and you have the very last seat of the very last table. It's like at Thanksgiving and you're at the kids' table, right? And God is over there and He's at the head of the banquet table and He says, hey, you over there, you don't belong there. I'm going to bring you up in front of everybody and I'm going to make sure that you have a seat of honor and it's going to be with me. You see, Mary here is a representative for all of us. And so when she says, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. When Mary talks about her own blessing, it's not just for Mary. It's for all those who will seek the Lord. Who will say, I'm going to trust and rely on Him and this reversal of fortune for those who have known poverty, for those who have known a story that is maybe different. And he says, I'm going to use that and I'm going to bring favor to you. I'm going to bring blessing to you. Look at verse 51 through 53. He has performed mighty acts with his uh, mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. Maybe you feel this morning like you've been dealt a crummy hand. Uh, maybe, maybe you feel unworthy this morning to even be in a building where God is being mentioned. Uh, maybe you feel like God couldn't possibly use and be merciful to someone like you. Uh, maybe you're saying God couldn't possibly sing a good song with the notes that I have to give Him. I was talking this morning with a person in our church, and it was interesting. I mentioned a mission trip, and he said, oh, oh, you, you guys take mission trips? I said, yeah, once in a while. He goes, do you ever take a mission trip to a Spanish-speaking country? Said, yeah, yeah. Well, you know I'm fluent. I'm like, whoa, you're fluent? How did that happen? And he goes, I have a rough past. I wonder if you have a story that God is waiting to use. I wonder if you have notes in your history that God is waiting to redeem and use them for His purpose and show mercy to someone else. Because He's brought you blessing and favor. 
this song that we sing is about God's mercy and about His favor. That we would have a reason to sing. So will you sing? God's song of mercy is our opportunity to write a new song. So this morning, will you accept God's mercy, His power, His grace, His might? And will you accept the reversal of fortune that He will bring to those who are humble and those who fear Him? Let's pray. God, you're good. Thank you so much for your goodness. Change our story. Change our song. And Lord, give us a reason to sing. Help us accept your mercy and your grace. And might you use all of us, all of our past, all of our situations, that we might glorify you, that you might change our fortune. And that we might be shown mercy. We love you, Lord. Thanks so much. Give us a reason. Help us to sing. In Jesus' name, amen.